Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hi guys and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford. And on today's episode, I want to talk about one of my favorite topics in business and something that I think that people can get so wrong. But if you take some time to think about it, and I'm going to share some insights into why it's important and how, then it can be one of your most powerful marketing strategies and ways to grow your business. So today's episode is on customer service, the good old fashioned customer service that whether you like it or not is a very big part of your business and something that will either make or break you as a business. And I'm going to share today some insights around why I think it's so important, some research that you guys can do. I've got some book recommendations, and then I'm going to also share some examples of some of my pet peeves in customer service as a consumer, and then also do's and don'ts of what I think works and things that you should steer clear of as a business owner, and yeah, give some tips as to how you can, you know, hone your customer service and what I think it will do for your business. Okay, let's dive into this very juicy topic. I've got pages of notes here for you, and it's something that I actually really enjoy studying from a human behavior perspective, but also a practice that I'm constantly doing, and I encourage you guys to do the same, is to start observing customer service from your perspective as a consumer. So each and every one of us is a consumer every single day. We're engaging with brands, whether that's on social media or buying from them or, you know, using their services, stalking them and their website, listening to podcasts is even a consumer based activity. So there's so much that you can learn and I'm constantly, you know, have my eye out for what I think works and why certain businesses do really well and some people completely miss the mark on some of this stuff and how detrimental that can be to your business. So purely from like a marketing and investment in your business point of view, there's a lot of statistics that show that retaining a customer, so once you've got one customer, it's actually cheaper for you to keep selling back to that customer, keep pleasing them, keep providing more of what they need than it is to acquire a new customer. So think about it this way. If someone doesn't yet know about you, There's a lot of work to be done in terms of teaching them what you stand for, convincing them to buy from you and showing them what you have and that, you know, you're the the best choice in providing the, the answer to the problem that they might have or adding value to their life. So if you've already got a customer and somebody who's showing interest in you and what we're going to talk about is the customer journey because your customer experience and your customer service needs to start from the moment that somebody shows interest from you. 
And this could be that they comment on a post on social media. It could be that they send an email inquiry, that they walk into your shop, that they stop and look at your menu, that they make a phone call, that they send you a DM. That's when customer service needs to start because that person is showing you that somewhere you've sparked interest in them and somewhere along that line they've started to take the journey towards buying from you by stopping, by reaching out, by liking, by following, by sharing your content. You've on some level made an impression that they're saying to you, hey, I think what you have might be good for me and I'm interested. And so many people take that first attention span moment for granted and can actually miss out on customers. Whereas if you're able to be observant of the people who are giving you attention, whether it's a few little mini seconds of, you know, liking or replying to a comment or, you know, leaving a a review for you or whatever it might be, that person is showing you that they're interested and your job then is to set up some systems to open up some communication channels to maybe ask some questions as to how you can get them further down your sales funnel or take them closer to buying from you so bringing them further into your business giving them more of what they might be looking for And I'm going to give you some examples of how to do this and why it's so important. Um, But know that first and foremost that it is cheaper for you to take that person who's already given you some interest and sell to them and bring them on your customer journey and into your business than it is to find someone who doesn't know your brand, doesn't know your business, doesn't understand what you do and start from the very beginning of explaining that to them. So most of us, you know, whether you've got 50 followers on Instagram or 100,000 or whatever it might be, have people in our in our fields, in our in our circles of influence that are already showing interest. So your job now is to better serve them and wow them and take them on the journey, bring them in, keep engaging them and giving them your time, your attention and showing them that what you have to offer is of value to them and that is actually going to help them and change their life because ultimately that's why your business exists, right? And they say this time and time again, your business needs to exist for the purposes of your customer. Yes, we all start out, and I shared a Instagram live last night about um, your purpose and building a business from your passion, and it's something that I'm very, you know, in, interested in, and that I do with a lot of my coaching clients. And that's a good place to start because it means that whatever you're going to offer that you care about, and when you genuinely care about it, then you're going to be able to better show up for the other people who might need it or want to buy it. But once you've established that, then your attention and your energy needs to be about your customer. It needs to be about what they need, how they're experiencing the world, what what are they looking for? Who are they looking for? 
where are they looking for it and how can you be of service to them and consistently show up with more of what they're looking for. So when you're able to do this, you actually build what a lot of marketing people call super fans. And when you show up with great customer service, and I'm going to give you some insights as to how to do that, then your customers become your marketing, right? It's the good old fashioned word of mouth. They go out and they will tell a story and bring in more of the people that they think need what you have to offer. So customer service is not just this nice little fluffy hi, how are you today? Or like a, you know, email that says, hope you're keeping well. And, um, you know, a, a nice website or whatever. Your customer service is about getting your customers so in love with your brand that they go out and tell the brand story on your behalf. So what I want you to start thinking about, and this is something that I'm consistently doing in my business as well, is that every customer that comes your way, whether it's a follower on Instagram, an email inquiry, someone buying an online course or walking into a shop or buying a coffee or whatever it is, that customer is an opportunity for you to refine your business. So going back to that idea that your customer, your business exists for your customer as a business owner, to com- to continuously evolve and grow and stay relevant, you should always have in the back of your mind, how can I do better? How can I better serve my customer? What else do they need? Are they happy? Is this the best way to show up for them? Is this providing what they need? And the best way to find that out and to figure out where to invest your time and energy as a business is to see what the customer is saying. And you can't do that unless you have really good customer service set up where there is a communication channel between you and your customer and that you are making time in your work schedule to stay connected to them, to be asking them questions. So if you can wow your customer, and I'll give you some tips, then it's an opportunity for you to continually be refining your business offering until you get it right. And, you know, maybe we never do really always get it right, but we can nail some things and we can keep evolving and keep changing. And that allows us to stay relevant and means that as a result, your customer is telling your story for you. They're returning to spend with you time and time again And they should reveal to you what else you can do for them, which means that you can add new offerings. It may be you can add new products and drive your business growth from a place that you know is going to work because it's coming straight from the people who are willing to pay for it. So in my opinion, I think it's really, really important for customers to be the number one priority. Obviously, if you haven't already picked that up, that I'm very passionate about that. But your job is to wow them and I don't want you to ever take any customer for granted. And, you know, it's really easy, especially when you're starting out, to be like, you know, I've got one customer or five followers and to lose sight of how vital and um, how much of a privilege that is that those people have given you their attention. Attention spans are getting shorter and shorter with, and that's just – evolution because we're so 
consumed by so much content and so many people trying to get our attention. So if somebody is giving you the slightest little inclination that they're interested, then don't take that for granted. Use that as an opportunity to show up to your fullest potential for that person and to make an impact in their life and to leave them better than when they came to you. And I think this is something that I'm really passionate about is not um, skimping out on this stuff. You know, I think I get the question a lot, how much do you give for free? And, you know, one of the best examples for this is this exact podcast. Like I, I love doing that. I still get a bit nervous, but I share this podcast and I share advice and I go out of my way to set up interviews and get it edited and pay for graphics and all sorts. So it's an expense for me, but I can probably say that maybe eight out of 10 coaching inquiries that I get nowadays since my podcast launch, the opening line is, I love your podcast. Thank you so much. And I'm constantly getting that feedback from um, people that are, you know, I'm working with and go, I started listening to your podcast, friends um, that I meet or even just Instagram DMs. And it when you're generous in showing up for your customer, then it speaks for itself and you don't have to do as much blatant marketing. Like I don't remember the last time that I posted a post on Instagram that said, hey, I'm a business coach and who needs a session? Like I, ha- I haven't done one of those in a very long time, but I will pretty much coach for free on a podcast and I will share insights and, you know, things that I'm doing with my clients. And for me, that's an example of when you show up with that generosity to be of service, people will feel that, they will know that, and they will come and say, um, thank you, that really helped, and now I want more from you. And that's when the marketing happens because your generosity and your ability to ooze the fact that you're here to be of service is um, a marketing strategy and it's, it's customer service that your customer will feel. And, you know, what I think people underestimate and something that I notice in my body when I experience good customer service is that you actually get a little hit in your body. If, if somebody breaks a pattern, so, you know, let's just say I'm going to a coffee shop and it's really busy and the, you know, I'm, I know I'm just getting, I'm going there to get a coffee. If I walk out with a good coffee, then I'm happy, right? My base needs are met. And that's pretty standard, you know, consumer experience and customer service. But if I walk into a coffee shop and the barista puts his head up from behind the coffee machine and says, morning, Kay, you know, take a seat, I'll bring you long blackout or something like that, then that's going to break my pattern. It's going to break my attention and it's going to go, oh, that was really nice. I feel really special. I feel really important. And then that actually is a chemical release, you know, it's probably a serotonin release. Don't quote me on that one, but it's someone um, activating a feeling of connection that goes off in your body, in your brain, and then that gets stored as a memory, right? So when we 
when we have a positive experience, same as a negative one, but when we have an experience that activates a feeling in our body, then our, and that feeling is strong enough, then our brain will light up and store that as a memory. So from that perspective, then that memory is that that's my favorite coffee shop or that I'm going to talk about that, that experience to somebody else. So don't underestimate that customer service should and will activate a connection um, in your um, customer's body that becomes memorable and something that we remember, especially, you know, good or bad, really, um, and that breaks us out of our normal experience and goes above and beyond is a story that we will eventually tell. So, you know, you walk out and go, oh, guess what? I got this for free at the coffee shop this morning or, you know, this cute person remembered my name or whatever. So this stuff can be quite um, intuitive and it can also be, um, you know, quite basic. But we often, I think, can sometimes get caught up in how many followers do I have or, you know, should I be running Facebook ads or, you know, I need some press and PR or SEO and these kind of big with, you know, marketing strategies that kind of get sold to us as the, the be all and end all. But when we actually take time to sit down and I'm going to give you some homework and I'm going to give you some books as well at the end of this episode as to how you can go away and start implementing this stuff, it has the potential to 10 times the experience, the customers, the money that you can make in your business. And know that it might take you some time and energy and there's some little tweaks that you can do. I'm going to give you some really secret little hacks or well, not secret because it's going out to thousands of you. And, um, you know, they're my secrets, the things that I do in my business. So if you send me an email or a DM, you'll probably start to notice how I use this in my business as well. Um, but it, it will take a little bit of rewiring perhaps for you or a little bit of energy. And it might mean that you have to stop and, what you do and work on your business, not always in it and do this homework. And remember that if a customer is showing you that interest, it does not mean and you cannot assume that they're ready to buy from you. Customer service is the ability to take I'm interested down a long journey, sometimes long, sometimes not, um, but down a pathway towards, hey, I'm ready to buy and here's my credit card details or here's some cash, you know, or here's I'm going to make that phone call and book you in and my t- give you my time and my energy. So it doesn't always mean just because somebody's interested, it doesn't mean that they're willing to work with you and, and give you their hard-earned money. But if you can nail some of this stuff, it's going to take them closer and know that it could be a long burn and that, you know, relationships um, aren't built overnight. They take energy. Anyone out there in a, in a relationship will know that it takes attention, it takes time, it takes understanding, and it takes testing new things and seeing what works. So, if somebody is is showing you of interest, I'm going to teach you some things as to how you can keep their attention and move them closer to a decision of spending money with you. And then I'm going to share with you some absolutely do not do in your business because I find them annoying <laughs> and I also think they can be real killers of your business. It doesn't matter how great your end product is. If you stuff some of this stuff up, 
then yeah, you have the potential to lose that person's interest. And I just think that with the number of options that we have as to where to spend our money, like we've probably never had as many options as to who can provide for us a business. There's so a variety of ways that people can show up for us and, and give us what we're looking for. So in order for you to be the number one um, choice for them, then your job is to show up and be worthy of that and show them that you're here to stay and that you want them to stay around and you want them to talk about you. And when you can do that right, what you'll find is that you will spend less money on marketing and more money will come flowing in with ease from the exact person that you want to be working with or that you want to be shopping with you. And their decision-making process will be much easier because you're oozing what you stand for from the moment that they encounter you and you're you're wrapping your arms around them and saying, hi, welcome, we're so grateful for you, we're not taking you for granted, what do you need and how can we show up for you? So just quickly before I jump into my do's and don'ts, um, I love studying human behavior and I'm going to give you some book recommendations if you'd like to do some of the study that I have done. But understanding human behavior is something that everyone should be doing in their business because I can give you, you know, a to-do list of things that need to be done, but something that I love doing with my coaching clients is discussing the behaviors and the humanness behind each of us. And the more that I I jump into studying this stuff, you know, it, you can learn it from like almost a psychology point of view. Um, but when you understand how humans are wired and some of the fundamental things that light us up or deter us, then you can then take the step further and apply that to how would I, how would that play out in my business? And that's something that I'm constantly doing and I'm going to share with you some of those tips today. So just from my perspective, I'm going to share some of the resources as to how I've assumed some of these tips and how I implement them into my business. And yeah, hopefully you guys can give them a crack and let me know how you go. Okay. Do I start with the do's or the don'ts? I think I'll start on a positive note. So let's start with some of the things that I think you should, should be doing in your business and your customer service experience. Okay. And I've got a few examples here from my experience as a customer and as part of your homework, you guys are going to go and, and be the observer of your next consumer experience and see what you like and don't like. So first tip for you is to offer genuine su- suggestions. So like I said before, when somebody comes into your store and perhaps I pick something up and I'm looking at something um, and I'm, I'm, you know, enjoying the experience and I'm wanting to buy from you. Um, there's an opportunity there for you to what I guess a marketing strategy would say is an upsell, you know. So if you know your business well enough, you know your customer. So, you know, for an example, uh, if I walk into a clothing store and I pick up a certain brand of jeans, then as the person running the store, you should be able to, you know, 
take some information and go, okay, if she's interested in those genes, you know, that means she probably also like this brand, this brand as well, or, you know, this goes really well with those genes. So understanding and trying to observe that if somebody's leaning towards buying something, what else might they like? And, you know, there's the difference between the person who's like, oh yeah, and you should get this and, you know, it goes really well. And it's kind of this pushy sale or what I had the experience of the other day was, um, in a wine store that the guy who was running it was genuinely, you know, we were chatting about wine and he said, what, what are you looking for? And she kind of showed me around the shop and we got chatting and he knew his stock so inside out that when I described what I said and I picked up the bottle that I was going to buy, he said, oh, if you're going to like that, I think you'll actually really enjoy something like this. Like it's similar, but this is new and I've tried it. So that's another tip is like, yeah, make sure that if you're running a product-based business that you're you're the consumer of it as well, right? So what are you enjoying about it and what are you learning and what does it go well with, whether it's a food pairing or whatever. But um, he was so engaged in my experience and what I was looking for that he was able to go, oh, well, I think you're going to like this. And because it was from a genuine place of his passion, it didn't feel like a sale, but I ended up walking out with, you know, another $40 bottle of wine and it was the easiest upsell. But because it came from that place of, I, you know, I genuinely think you'll enjoy this and give it a crack and let me know what you think. And this is what I've been thinking about this experience as, as the wine. Um, I was like, yeah, cool, let's do this. So offer genuine suggestions, which means that you can, you know, give them, maybe you open up their mind to a new brand or, um, you know, for me with, um, if somebody's interested in coaching and perhaps they say, oh, now's not the time or I can't afford that right now, but I'm going to come back. Then being able to say, cool, well, here's some cheaper options and, you know, you might like this podcast. So giving them, um, giving your customer as suggestions and that comes from being present and seeking to understand their needs right so asking those questions and I think you know the the biggest tip here to take it from a salesy side to an authentic side is to be present with that person so if I'm genuinely here and I'm getting to know you and I'm in conversation with you then I can, you know, it, that's human behavior. You know, you can naturally guide a conversation to more of what they're looking for. Um, but if you're, you know, kind of darting around the room and serving lots of people at the same time and you're not giving me the time of day, then you're less likely to make that connection. I'm less likely to take your advice. So on that tip as well, how I shared from a service-based point of view, if somebody is saying um, I'm interested but not now, I think sometimes with a business, it's, you know, it's our own lack mentality where we're like, oh, well, you know, don't waste my time or, um, you know, your loss or whatever. And it's almost like we get a bit bitter and guilty on, you know, guilt trip that person or we can just be like, okay, they're not interested, don't reply. And something that I started doing a while back and it's been really lovely to see how much people appreciate it is to offboard people as um from their interests so 
if you haven't already, go and listen to our systems and processes um, podcast because that will show you more of that customer service and what offboarding is in more detail. But pretty much it's when, you know, if onboarding is somebody showing interest in you, offboarding is making sure that they leave with a really great experience as well. So you're not just like, you know, cut and run as soon as they're done or they're not um, interested, then you, you know, you just drop the ball altogether. So offboarding is an opportunity for you to send them away, whether they've already got what they want or they're not ready to buy just now, is to send them away with a no worries at all. I've got you. Like when the timing's right, give me a shout. And if there's anything else I can do, would love to help. Right. And when I send that email, when somebody says, Oh, I want coaching, but now's not, I can't afford it or whatever. Um, and sending that email more times than not, I get a reply saying, thanks so much, Kay. I'll be in touch. Like, can't wait to work with you. And it means that they've been sent off with this nice experience that means that, you know, hopefully you're still top of mind for when they are ready and when the timing is right. So you don't want to be pushy. You don't want to make people feel bad for not being able to invest or, you know, that they've maybe found a different option or whatever. Um, but sending them off and from a, you know, I think in our drinks interview, if you haven't, that's a great one as well with Joel, he talks about, and that's how the podcast with him came about, is that I ordered his wine that got delivered. And within 24 hours, I got, you know, an email that said, thanks so much for ordering. We really appreciated it. We appreciate your business. Um, Let us know if there's anything else or, you know, how you went with your wines. And Joel talks about how that used to be a personalized thing. It looks really personal, so there's no flashy, you know, images or anything. It's just a plain text email and it signs off with his name and it's obviously automated now, but um, that as an experience keeps drinks top of mind. So I might, you know, have really enjoyed that wine last night and then I get that email tomorrow and I go, oh, I should send that to my sister for her birthday next week. So offboarding is just as important as onboarding and bringing someone in because if you can send them off with even more, you know, gratitude for your business, for for them coming into your business or showing interest in your business, then you can have the opportunities to stay top of mind. And maybe they're not ready to invest, but maybe they know somebody who is, you know, or that would want what you have to offer. So don't underestimate um, offboarding people. And something that I learned really early on and I talk a lot about with my clients is working with people who are willing and able to invest in you. So if people are are saying, I'm interested, but I can't afford it, or you don't have what I need right now, or the timing's not right, then they're still showing you interest. And that for you is an opportunity to go, well, what would you be looking for? You know, when a a bookshop is a perfect example of this, if if you ask about a book, then, you know, people go, oh, now we don't have it. Or you can say, can I order that in for you? Or you could write a note and say, how many people have asked for that, that book this week, you know, and you can actually start to learn consumer behavior and their needs through a no as well. Um, but if somebody gives you a no 
then don't take that personally and trust and know that if you can offboard them and send them on their way with something that they can afford or a freebie or, you know, just the opportunity for them to ask you a question via email or whatever, um, then that's an opportunity for you to still do good customer service, which will stay with them as well. So customer service isn't just when they're in your business. Okay, so my next tip is to ask their needs, right, and have channels available for people to tell you what they need and what they're looking for. And I think back in the day, you know, this used to be done through surveys or telemarketing or, you know, big generic ways of being like, even, you know, I would say Instagram polls and things like that, where it's just really um, kind of vague and open-ended. And I actually read this statistic recently. I think actually maybe Jess from Calabasaurus talked about it on the podcast, but um, that people are moving more towards um, personalized connection with a brand. So instead of being like, hey, guys, what do you want to know from me and have this big open-ended question, instead I would suggest that you ask that question but find ways to do it as from a personal perspective, okay? So Joel's example from drinks of sending that email was really good because it was like, hey, Kayleen, and it was signed off Joel, and it was really quick and to the point. Um, so how this might look for you is um, DMs on Instagram. So if somebody shares your content, then say, you know, for me, I do this with the podcast. If somebody shares a, a, an episode I'll say thank you, like what did you like from it or, you know, what one are you listening to right now? Reply to comments um, and also reply to emails. Even if you send out like a big EDM that goes out to hundreds of people and don't be afraid to say, you know, I'd love to hear from you or what do you think of this and invite people to reply to the email and then be prepared to stay connected and to be a real person that's writing back. So I think more and more so as consumers, we're looking for brands that we can access their um, customer service support and ask questions and give feedback. And I know for me, if there's a brand that's, you know, showing a real person or that's, you know, a real person is replying to a DM request or, you know, a, a comment on their account or an email that I send, um, it's an opportunity. It for me, I'm like, okay, like I feel safer. I feel like I trust that brand more. I actually had an experience with Aesop, the skincare recently. They um, had a great customer service experience. Is um, I ordered a, a body wash and a hand wash online, and they sent two hand washes, I think, instead of one of each, and. I replied um, with a picture to it I, and I got my email saying your order is being delivered and I replied to it and I sent a picture saying, hey, I think my order was packed wrong and they replied within 24 hours and said, we, you know, an Aesop is, is a brand that you are on their database so they keep track of what you're buying, which is also a really smart thing to do as a business. Um, but I, they said, okay, we can see that you're a regular customer here we really appreciate your experience. We're sorry that this happened. Um, we're sending a body wash out for you. It's express post. Here's the tracking number. Um, 
we, you know, feel free to keep the, the other one or you can gift it to someone and we're really grateful for your experience and hope you continue to use us and, um, you know, that this hasn't tainted your perception of ASOP. And I wrote back and it was like a person, you know, it looked like a, you know, kind of call century format or it was a professional format, but it was signed off with a name and I just wrote back straight away and I was like, thank you so much. That was really great experience and um, I'm really grateful for you guys handling that so well. So, um, and now I've just put it on the podcast and told lots of people about it. So it's when good things happen, we go and tell other people about it. You know, they, they wowed me, they got back to me. So even if it's a somebody giving that critique or um, something that wasn't quite what they thought it would be, then use that as an opportunity to learn and go, how can I how can I serve your needs better? So where possible, try and make it personal and um, and connect as a real person rather than big and generic. Okay, next step is to be generous, which I've kind of already touched on there in terms of the example I used around the podcast, giving lots of really good quality content means that you can um, wow your customer, that you can really um, show them that you're here to be of service rather than, you know, that you just want their money. And I think we can all probably relate to a time where a business has gone above and beyond for us to really make sure that we've had our needs met and that we get what we paid for. And that's when um, you feel the generosity of them. And even if they did over deliver in that moment and you felt like you got more than you bargained for, then, you know, you're going to come back and, um, you know, tell somebody about that or it's, it's actually um, one of the books that I'm going to recommend for you is Influence, and they talk about in that um, that this exact example and the Hare Krishnas when they used to sit on the side of the road and and fundraise for building communities and running farms and things they would actually give out flowers and that um, sparks. So there's Influence is a really great book that talks about the science behind how do we have influence and what actually happens is when somebody gives us something and we're generous then we it actually sparks an innate human reaction to re- to re- replicate that to give back so um, when you're being generous and you're giving abundantly then you're actually triggering a response for somebody to to give back and for that to be received back back to you. So whether it's them coming and buying something, if you've given something for free, then they might go, cool, yeah, I want to upgrade or or chuck that in, I'll buy it. Or that they recommend you to somebody or that they leave a review. So once you've done that, once you've given abundantly, then you're actually putting yourself in a position to be able to ask somebody and be more likely to receive a yes. So whether that's, you know, are you interested in investing now or would you like to leave a review or, you know, can I use that as a testimonial on my website? Because you've, um, you've programmed and you're, you're playing on a human innate response to want to give back. Um, and it actually, they talk about it. I'll let you guys read the book, but the example that they give is that it actually came from our hunter and gatherer days where we, that's how we evolved as humans. So certain tribes were, maybe one tribe was really good at hunting with a spear and then another tribe was really good at making fire. 
And as, as we evolved, we learned to trade, um, and give our skill sets and our tools and our resources. And when we gave that to another tribe, then we received something back. And that's how we evolved as humans. So a nice little fun fact for you to think about when you're creating your content and your generosity in your business. Okay, definitely do make eye contact and use names. So another um, book that I recently read, I can't remember where I read it. I'll have a think and let you know. But the um, somebody's name is the most responsive word they will ever respond to. So when you use somebody's name and, you know, you have a think of this as an example for yourself, if somebody uses your name, we're programmed from our earliest age to respond, to light up, to look, to see where that came from. So whether it's in an email, whether it's on a phone call, whether it's in in an in-person experience, remembering somebody's name If you feel like you're bad at remembering names, I highly recommend checking out Jim Quick. Um, He has a really great podcast and it's all about memory and learning. So he has some good episodes on how to remember people's names. So I don't want to hear the limiting belief that I'm not good with names because it just means that you're not practicing it. So figure out how to remember names and use them time and time again because it's a really great way to make what you're doing personal and it will light people up and open their mind to receiving and hearing what you have to say. And there's nothing worse for me than walking into a shop and not being acknowledged by the shop owner or whoever's working there. So just like if you're sending me an email or commenting on my Instagram post, if I'm walking into your shop, I want I'm showing you that I'm interested. So you and this this absolutely blows my mind that people can, you know, not even give that person a time or day. Like they don't know whether I'm there to spend a thousand dollars or just to have a look around, but I'm more likely to spend any money in there if that person engages me and makes me feel welcome. So use eye contact, use names and be present with people. Make sure it is easy for people to get the quest, their questions answered. So 70% of customers are making up their decision about a brand and whether they want to buy from it or not from behind closed doors. So this is reading reviews, listening to podcasts, reading blogs, seeing where you've been featured, who else you're working with watching videos, following you on Instagram, being on your mailing list, all of these things right now, I guarantee you, and there's probably some of you are an example for me as Startup Creative, are following along for the journey and sussing out whether I'm the business coach for you or whether there's something on my website that is going to help you on your journey, right? So that, I don't know who all of you are. Some of you I do because you come and say hi on Instagram or you sign up for coaching. Um, but there's a lot of you, I'm sure, who are there because I look at the statistics of who's listening. Um, but I don't know who you are, but I know that you are making up a, um, your mind right now about me. And I guarantee you people are doing that for you. So something to be aware of is that you may not see it and, and know who they are right now, but people are watching. They're stalking you. So making sure that you're Answer, frequently asked questions and the answers that 
people might be looking for to help them make the decision about whether to buy from you or not are readily available. So a frequently asked question on your website, whether it's Instagram TV videos saved on your Instagram that might be giving some bonus insights or answering some of these questions, make sure that there's really obvious links through your socials and your website on your email signature of ways for people to contact you and to ask questions. Because like I said before, we all have so many options as to where we're going to find the solutions for these problems that we have and that we're looking for a business to solve or to add value to our life. So in order for me to make that decision, especially if I'm making a new decision, so if it's something I've never purchased before or I've been in love with a brand and I'm, I'm willing and open to change brands and go to a different supplier, then there's going to be a lot of buyer's um, hesitation. So you've you've got to answer the questions. You've got to make people feel safe. You've got to allow them to trust you and to give them everything that they need to go, oh, okay, I feel like if I do this, then it's going to be what I want it to be, That I, what I'm looking for. And I think especially during COVID right now, while so many things are online, automating that and having a really great website that answers all of those things means that it's almost a customer service you know, um, experience that you can outsource by having it really well presented across your platforms, having it really obvious as to how people can reach out and making sure that your copy on your website and your socials uh, are frequently saying, get in touch. We want to hear from you. What do you need? And have inviting call to action questions that make people say, cool, actually, I'm going to ask that question. And when they do get back to them quickly. Otherwise, they will go somewhere else when somebody else is able to answer that question faster. Okay, my final do before we jump into our don'ts and your homework is make your products Instagrammable and personable. Cherie Carlin is a, a beautiful friend of mine, but also a um, a fashion designer. She recently just launched her first collection and as a friend and as somebody who loves what she's done and has been following her for a while, I was like, of course I'm going to buy something. And so I made my purchase and I received this big, beautiful box with a personalized note from Cherie. It was wrapped in this ribbon, these beautiful letter-pressed bags, um, just no plastic in sight, like everything that she is as a person just oozed out of it. And for me, it was like, I have to take a photo of this. I think I opened it at nighttime. I was like, oh, I don't want to ruin it so I can take a photo because that's part of the customer experience, right, is how do I feel when I open it? So don't miss the opportunity to write a personalized note, like that 30 seconds and the sore hand that you'll get from writing the hundreds of notes. Trust me, I've done it with my magazine and and parcels over the years. So that is, you know, can elevate your brand tenfold in the customer's experience because they feel the personal connection that you've taken the time, you've used their name, if you can handwrite it even better, and it makes people want to um, give back, right, and go, oh, wow, this feels really nice. And if you can package, you know, what 
what you're delivering and what you're offering in a way that people will take a photo of it because it's beautiful, then um, that's marketing for you as well. And it means that even when you're not there and you're not in front of your customer and they're having the experience of opening what you've sent them, then that's the customer service process. That's the offboarding process as well, right? So um, using your um, packaging as a way to get your customer feeling loved and personalized and that they will then, you know, want to share that experience. And then if they do share it, I highly recommend user-generated content. So sharing that content, regramming it or saying thank you and allowing that customer to feel special and seen and heard that they've gone out of their way to give you that extra little plug, even though they've already spent their money and the product's been delivered. There's an opportunity there for them to do one last thing on your behalf. So if you can make sure that you're really thinking about the whole customer experience and I'll, I'll teach you how to a little process as part of your homework to do that, but it's another really great way to wow your customer. Okay, now let's dive into the don'ts or some of my pet peeves that I think really undo businesses when it comes to customer service. One of the things that um, annoys me the most, and I don't know whether this is a fault in my personality or not because I like to get what I want, but when you arrive at a storefront and they haven't yet opened or they're about to close and they're, they're like, nut, you're closed. And I think sometimes, you know, you're kind of rushing to get there. You've looked online. You're seeing when they're open or closed. It's really bad also when, you know, especially like restaurants I see do this, like they start to pack up before they're, you know, their closing time and um, kind of turn you away. And I think for me it is one of the most off-putting things that a business can do and I had an experience recently where I arrived at a coffee shop and it was 6.55 and they were opening at 7 and, you know, everything was pretty much set up. And I totally get it when businesses are like, we're not ready to take customers. But if that person walks in and you say, sorry, we're not open yet, even though it's five minutes to go, then that person, well, my experience is that I walk away and go to the next best coffee shop. And it doesn't matter if that's my favorite coffee and that's where I want to go. Being told no and being told like not wrapped around and supported in like, oh, hey, welcome. First one here. You know, we're, we're open in five. Like, you know, grab a seat. We'll be with you shortly. Or, you know, what's your order? Like write it down on a piece of paper. If it's quiet and you can do that, which this particular coffee shop could have done. Um, that means that you're capturing me, you're making me feel welcome and you're not turning me away because you're feeling stressed or you're not ready. And I think this is something that maybe business owners don't always communicate to their staff as a standard of what they want. But imagine like if somebody came to my website and I was like, no, nah, I'm not here right now or, you know, come back later, then you're losing that opportunity to um, gain that person as a lifetime customer. And for me, I think when you look at that scenario, it's like five minutes where you could say, yeah, cool, you know, we'll be ready to go in five. Like, what are you going to have? Or how was your morning? Or, you know, just start a conversation while you're, you're finishing this, the setup or whatever that is means that you keep me engaged as a customer. And, you know, I might end up using you as a catering company or I could be there to buy lunch for 10 people. Like you don't know how much I'm going to spend. 
and how much I'm going to spend ongoing as a customer there. So that five minutes where they didn't have time for me or weren't ready for me or, you know, said, oh, we're not ready, go, you know, we're not open yet. Instead of engaging me and giving that little bit of energy for five minutes, um, you know, they could have lost me as a customer for a lifetime. And if you look at, you know, somebody who falls in love with a coffee shop, let's say if they're coming to spend $5 a day, you know, maybe they grab breakfast one day or, or lunch another day or come back for their birthday or a, a work meeting, you know, at the lifespan of that customer could be two years and let's say an average of 50 to to $100 a week. So if you do the math, giving that person a little bit of attention or making them feel welcome or, or um, engaging with them and, and keeping them in your sales funnel as someone who's showing interest and that five minutes, even if it might be a little bit inconvenient for you, means that you could, you know, you're holding on to a potential of, you know, a couple of years worth of um, income. So, you know, the same goes if, if you're, um, you know, shutting down your shop. And I think this is where staff members and business owners probably need to upskill their staff is I totally get it. People have had long days and, but sometimes the customer service goes completely out the door when people are just tired, maybe they've run down and they're, you know, willing to turn people away because they just want to shut up shop and their minds on what they get to do at the end of the day. But if I arrive at a shop and you're kind of closing, I totally get it if it's like super busy and there's a big lineup or whatever and you, you know, you've already got an extra hour's work to do. But more times than not, I think that you can kind of slide the door open and be like, Oh, quick, come in. What did you need? Or, you know, and, and help that person. And that's going to be just as memorable as, as saying, nah, you can't come in, you know? So it's an opportunity again to go, oh, thank you to save the day. I really need to get that because I'm making this for dinner and I've got all these people coming over or whatever it is, right? So you don't want to, you know, have no boundaries as a business owner, but you want to, I, I would say, be flexible and, you know, if if needed, like do a little bit of extra time or, or train your staff to be super present when they're there up until the last second that they leave that shop or that their job finishes. So the whole idea of like we're closed and we don't have time for you and we want to get out of here or we're not ready I think can be really damaging for a brand. So be wary of who you're turning away because if you turn them away in that split second, um, they may never come back. Okay, my other experience here was a recent one. I think as somebody who likes to observe customer service and how people run their businesses and figure out what works and what doesn't work is when businesses, this is something that I recommend you don't do, the, the kind of note that I wrote here was fluff about or like give energy and attention to things that might not necessarily matter to your customer right so my example here is going to a burger place recently and it was you know when I go to a burger place you're expecting like fast food right it's not a restaurant you're not sitting down you're not fine dining you're not expecting too much customer service or fluff or you know anything else and I was arriving at the burger place and they were at, you know, they had, they were shutting up shop and they'd obviously got bombarded with orders. But my core need in that moment 
was food. Like I was a bit hangry, so maybe a little bit biased here. (laughs) But my core need was to get food fast. And that's why I chose that place as my option to stop and get my late lunch. And there was one guy in the kitchen. There was obviously so many orders. He was under the pump, getting things smashed out. And the owner was putting chairs away, wiping down benches, chatting to people. And in that moment, I observed and I watched as people were getting angry that their orders were taking so long and they kept coming up to the counter to say, where is it? And I was like, if that was me, even if I didn't know how to make burgers, I would be in that kitchen toasting buns, buttering buns, you know, laying out all the ingredients, helping, you know, in whatever way that I was capable or putting somebody else in there. So one guy in the kitchen, four people doing all the other things that weren't really relevant at that time and probably could have waited. And the priority in that moment and the need of the customer was to get their food. You know, if somebody's coming to a fast food place, it was, it was a, wasn't like a McDonald's or something like that. It was a independent burger place, but that, um, cafe has a responsibility to get people their food. You know, if they're not sitting down, they're waiting for a takeaway, you know, it's COVID right now. So there's not many places to sit. And I would look around that room, just like when I'm hosting an event, I'm making sure that there's enough chairs, that the sound is good, that there's people have drinks, there's enough water, that the toilets are clean. It's like you're looking around and you're prioritizing and you're constantly observing how are my customers feeling? And if, if you are observant and you're, you're seeing and you're, you're present with your customers, you can, you would be able to very quickly pick up that irritation. And that irritation, especially when someone's hang, hungry is really, uh, obviously with me as an example, can really stick with you as a consumer and be like, oh, they really missed the mark there. By the time you get your food, you're kind of pissed off and, you know, convinced you're never going back there again. I mean, that's me and I'm a bit savage like that. But in that experience, what I learned was the priorities of the customer there, whilst there was lots of other things that needed to be done, was to get food to people who had been waiting a very long time and don't expect to wait that long at what you're promising as a business owner. So be aware of what your customer really needs, what they're showing up for. Be prioritize that and deliver to that to the best of your ability. And, you know, this is an example of oozing your brand values because if your brand is a, a burger place where you grab and go, then what? Are, why am I choosing you? I'm choosing you to grab something and to keep moving on my day. I'm not I'm not coming to to have a big long lunch. So put that at the top of the list and make sure that, you know, at the end of your day, you can sit down and go, how quick was our turnaround? Did people like their food? Were they satisfied? Was the meals on, you know, accurate? Did people get what they needed? This is a um, don't or a pet peeve or something that is probably more so for our business owners to help you perform your best customer service, and that is to not work as hard as your customer is willing to. So if, and this is something that I coach my clients with a lot around, especially service-based businesses, 
Um, but I even remember Joel talking about this with his drinks example where sometimes people are just out to make your life hard and they're going to really push your customer service to the next level, which can be really draining. And if you allow that to happen, and I should probably record a whole podcast on boundaries and how to do this well in your business. But just as a quick note for you, if your customer is or somebody's coming in and they're they're pushing boundaries and you're over, you know, committing and showing up with everything and taking their phone calls and answering their emails and being available for them all the time and they're not bringing as much to the table so maybe they're late for a phone call or they're they're not replying to your email or they don't pay their invoice or they're not getting you the info you need to proceed with your work then that can be really hard and draining and you end up overworking on the customer service side of things and you can become resentful and then, you know, that can transfer into other clients who may not be deserving of your resentment. So um, when it comes to customer service and, you know, the more that you do work around your brand values and your ideal client and what you stand for and what you're out to achieve, then I would suggest um, – you you can get really clear on the type of person that you want to attract to your business and you shouldn't experience as much of this. If you're experiencing people kind of crossing boundaries and not really, you know, pulling their weight with their end of the bargain, then I would suggest that's a good indication that that's not exactly your target market. You want people that are going to be, you know, on board um, on time and, you know, collaborate with you, especially as a service-based business. So uh, um, as a customer service operator in a, a business, you have the right to not work as hard as them. I would say it needs to be equal. Though sometimes it, it, um, it varies and you might, you know, bring more to the table, but it should balance out over time so you don't become resentful. Another don't for me is to be rigid in your ways. So something that we've already spoken about is um, putting your customer first and making sure that your business exists to serve them. So whilst when you're starting your business, you're coming up with a concept and an idea, and I talked about this in my book quite a lot, was that you're going to start with your initial assumptions and ideas and what you think you'll bring to the table. But when you're in the game of business, things change. Um, you have to be willing and able to pivot and um, COVID has shown us this, that it's it's actually vital and you never know what's around the corner. But if by chance you hit the market and say, this is what we're doing and you get feedback from your customer that says, it's not what I wanted or could you do this or is there a way that we could do it like that, then your job is to listen and obviously you want to stay true to what you're out to achieve, but you also can't be so strict in this is what I'm doing and, and nothing and I'm not going to budge from it because your customer, you'll end up losing your customer, right? They're, they're trying to give you some feedback, they're nudge you and help you in the right direction. So don't get so caught up in, no, 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 this is what we plan to do. And I actually have on my notes how to run a business as a perfectionist because I get this question a lot um, from clients who who might struggle with being perfectionist and everything can find it hard to shift and change. So we'll do that as another podcast. But just for today, as a customer service, if you're like, nah, this is what we do and we can't do it, 
like there's nothing better than you know going to a business that's like you go you jump on a call and say look I'm getting I'm looking to get this done is that something you can do they can and that person on the other end saying yeah we can do that like we haven't done it before but we'll figure it out if that's true to them and that's of value for them and they actually want to do that um or if you if that's not something you're capable of or you don't want to be doing in part of your business then saying look we can't but we could do this and maybe you could go here or you know can I recommend this person um and and giving you know that's still part of your offboarding system right so um don't get too rigid that you end up losing customers because you're not willing to budge and meet their needs and kind of take that feedback as to to what they're looking for and what they want to get from you like a customer feedback is actually a beautiful gift for you to be able to say what they're really saying is we really like you we really want to work with you you know this is great but it's not quite exactly what we want you know could you do this and sometimes that will open up a door where you could say wow I never thought of that but yeah let's do that that's exciting and then we never thought that you might need that but yeah let's do it and sometimes it might be hey that's not really in our game plan or something that we're we're wanting to do um, but here's where maybe down the track we will or here's where you could go to get that so <clears throat> willing to be flexible and accommodating to what your customer needs and using feedback and that information as a way to, you know, either pivot your business, hear what they need and maybe offer a new offering that could be more on point for them. Okay, and I think I kind of touched on this one, but don't cheap out on your offering. So, you know, I talked about the podcast example. At the end of the day, you need to be so clear about what your offering is and give that lots of attention and lots of energy. So, you know, if that's a, a luxe lifestyle, you know, fashion or, or beauty brand, then think of all the details as to what the carry bag is going to be like or the quality of the paper that you print your postcards on or, you know, what your staff is wearing and, you know, how the shop smells, all of those things are going to play into the customer's experience of your brand. So if you're cheaping out on certain things, then people are going to notice that and it really comes down to knowing your brand values and then making sure that every touch point where your customer is, that you're giving them that experience of what you you are saying that you are. A really good example of this is I was driving on the highway the other week and I saw this kind of rundown old shed house thing that looked like a bit of a junkyard and I looked at it and I was like, what is that building? And it had this big sign on it that said, and it was a, um office for a construction, a building, a homes building company. And it was like, a, you know, longest building um, house or whatever that we built in Australia and it like had this big claim about how they were this big great company that builds houses and I was like okay you've got it so wrong because you're telling me that you're really good at this and that you build great houses but this is a rundown shack like that for me is not an example of what you're capable of. So, you know, I don't know whether I was just driving, but that was what went through my head. I was like, that is so wrong. 
And I'd had it years ago, um, same thing. I drove past a place that said holistic health practitioners or something. And that was just graffiti all over the walls. And there was the, the windows were kind of like boarded up and not boarded up, like had all these cages on them and just like had not been looked after. And I look at that and I'm like, the first thing you do, whether it's been graffitied ages ago or what happened overnight is get up and clean that up because that does not sit well along your title of what you're saying that you are. So being really clear about what you stand for and making sure that every touch point from, you know, driving past a car that might have a sticker on it or receiving something in the mail or coming to the website or an email that you receive from that company oozes those brand values and don't cheap out on that because all it takes is one little slip up and you could ruin your brand. Okay, lots of do's and don'ts in there. Hopefully that was really helpful. I've got some homework here for you. I'm going to get you to do three things. Experience yourself as a consumer and see what you like and what you don't like. I want you to map out your customer experience in your business. So from start to finish, from that like engagement, I'm showing you that I've got something to offer that I'm interested in to the offboarding and just go through all the touch points and see where can you 10 times what you do and make it ooze what you do and make your customer feel important and valued and appreciated and that you are present and they're ready to meet their needs. And then I want you to look at your website and all of those other touch points. So whether it's social media or your packaging and ask yourself, does it all link up? Is there ways for them to contact me? Is there really um, good information around the questions they might be asking as to why they should be choosing you as a business? And give yourself a little bit of an audit there. We actually have a download on our website under the resources tab, which I'll put in the show notes as a link for you. And it's a wet, what a, a winning website should have. So you might want to download that. It's totally free and use that to do your little audit. And a little bonus homework piece for you is if you're brave enough, reach out to three customers that you've had recently and ask them what else they need and get some feedback and say, you know, what was your experience like? And do it from a personal point of view as well, right? So DM them or email them. Don't don't send anything too generic. Don't make it too long. Don't make it too hard. Just go, hey, how was that? Uh, what was it, you know, your experience like? Would you come back? Would you tell somebody? Um, what else could we do for you? Is there anything else we can do? And use that as a way to get a gauge on where your customer experience might be sitting and then don't take it personally, (laughs) whatever they say, and use that as information to keep expanding your business. And three books that you might want to check out is Never Split the Difference, which is an incredible book by a guy who was a FBI negotiator for hostages and terrorists and bank robberies. And he has now consulting um, human behavior and negotiating to businesses. So he has this incredible book, um, that talks a lot about human behavior and, you know, how to work with people and get them to in a negotiating space and, and getting them on board and super fans. So have a look at that book, highly recommend it. Um, another really good one is how to win friends and influence people. And the other one that I mentioned was influence. Good luck with your homework. Let me know how you go. If you decide to do it, give me a little tag on Instagram and I'll come check it out at Startup Creative. 
get going with it. Um, remember, there's a lot there, but take it, you know, step by step. And this is something that you'll continue to work on. I highly recommend that you, you know, get yourself into understanding human behavior and observing yourself and what your customers are doing and liking and needing, and then continue to grow and change and pivot and ask yourself, how can we be better for them? Good luck, guys. Look forward to seeing and hearing how you go with it. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.